something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Celebrity Book Club Hello, Monty. I'm so glad you could join me in Aspen, Colorado at this gorgeous ski weekend. Frank, I've been dying to meet you, man. You are one of the most respected CEOs in the country. I admire McDonald's as a company so much. Uh, Monty, you are so beautiful. I love your style. As we say in Berlin, Ich Flachenschrauber, uh, which loosely translates to that is a man I'd like to be in charge of my burrito, potentially. Uh, of course, I've said... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As we say in Denver, he who hits the slopes first shows up to work first. I was actually watching you from my chalet. Oh, beautiful room. Thank you. I respect you as a man and a business partner or future business partner for setting me up in such a beautiful chalet. Potential, yes. We haven't decided yet. As you know, the corporate ownership structure of McDonald's as it relates to Chipotle is sort of up in the air right now. Absolutely. I would never be presumptuous, but sometimes I am and I want to be presumptuous right now. You have an amazing body. I'm a married man and father of two beautiful children. Um, But when I see another fellow businessman with great athletic ability, it inspires me. Thank you so much. I grew up in Bavaria, of course, skiing down the mountains of chocolate. And in my adult time, my wife and I go to separate sex clubs in Berlin, Hamburg. Um, She goes to Berlin. I go to Hamburg, obviously. (laughs) Very, very (laughs) funny. And it it is quite a workout. So, yes, that is what you are seeing as part of my body. And, of course, uh, not the McDonald's food, which I do not eat. No, of course not. <laughs> I would never. But again, I do respect how you work that company structure and you how you handled the IPO. So I propose that we get nude uh, in the hot tub as a way 
to absolutely, absolutely. I'm judge. extremely comfortable getting nude with fellow prospective business partners. Would you mind um, if I offered you a platonic business massage? That sounds like a great way to uh, get the board on board, if you know what <laughs> I mean. So sure. Okay, yeah, just lay back. Uh, this is how I build trust, usually with my Chipotle okay, so we're, team we're members. Okay, so we're starting with the front. Yes, side. a front massage. Okay. Uh, I do things a little bit differently, and you'll come to find that out. I feel like you might be a great fit for Chipotle. Oh, shucks. Thanks. I'm going to bring Chipotle places you never thought they could go. I want to see the solar system. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey best best friend! friend! What the freak is up, my dude Steve? My fucking dude, Lily. It is so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Of it's course, been it's hours. been hours. <laughs> literally, it hasn't been 24 hours. We had an amazing weekend together in Vermont. I'll say it. We had an amazing weekend. Nature, fun. Board games. It was pretty PG. <laughs> it was wildly PG. Yes, there was Except alcohol. For all the... <laughs> <laughs> A really reasonable amount. Except for all the noise we made. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah, we'll give you a taste, even though this is kind of VIP lounge material. A, do you subscribe? Yeah, do you subscribe? Boots? Uh, definitely subscribe. You'll get a lot of stories like the one you're about to hear. Uh, which get this. We're talking all night long. We're, at a condo. We're blasting Miranda Lambert's new album, Palomino. Stream it, download it, buy it on iTunes, get it on vinyl from MirandaLambert.com, Red 55 Winery. Thank you to my brother for installing Bose speakers as like a Christmas present to my parents at some point in the Vermont condo. Shout out to Straight Brothers. Yeah. So here's the thing. We're talking. Mm. The next morning we wake up and there is a long note taped to the door of the condo. Long, like full notepad. Written in bubble letters. Yeah. Written in a, in a chick's handwriting. Yeah. Let's just Major get that out there. Major chick handwriting. And it was like, we had to close our window at 11.45 But it was starting, it was like, PM. it was like, I love a good time. Yes. <laughs> Real <laughs> intro. It was like, hey, look, I love a good time as much as the next person, okay? Yeah. But with the acoustics of the trees. Yeah, it was like trying to do this whole science thing where it was like the, the sound coming out of the windows and then bouncing off the trees and then back into their unit. Which is like two units over. Okay, so she also was being so mean, capitalizing just random letters. Yeah, well, that's very like the sign of a murderer or whatever. Where it's like like random capitalization. Eight signs it's very, of a murderer. It's very zodiac. And then I was like, oh, is there a secret message hidden in here? Um, but she was basically like, yes, like I love a good time, but you actually like please do close the windows and like. And she was like, I wasn't even mad about the talking. I was mad that I couldn't sleep, which. I get I it. would be mad about too. Yeah, you would because you're always complaining about your street and how you have no sleep. Here's the thing: it was also this 
Vermont is supposed to be this Ben and Jerry's green state, but it's highly territorial. Yes. I think it's one of the tensest states in our great but nation. The thing is, okay, it's because not, they want to be so chill. But then it's not. But then the thing was, we made friends with them with a pool. Yes. And it was completely chill. And it's like, I actually don't think it's that Easy tense. to forgive. I think it's very like, there's a little bit of a veneer of like, a, a, cer- a very certain kind of lifestyle where everybody's like, we are all here to appreciate nature and love great dairy products and go hiking and, and hazy take, IPAs and, hazy and IPAs rivers and take in the view. And like, if at first someone seems like they're going to disturb that, like there's there's a lot of apprehension. But then the second you make contact, people will be very like, okay, that we're is not true. Enemies. Once you say you just like love hiking and like love Vermont, they're down. But I, it's like still... Massachusetts is more like tense, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you almost expect it to be. I'm saying kind of because Vermont is laying down like, this awesome once, sauce once, lifestyle. Once you're nice to your neighbor on the Cape, like it's it's not like everything's hunky dory. Like you're going to be at war with them for the next thirty years. Over zoning and trees, yeah, and, exactly, and parking lots and driveways and paving. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> huge paving fights. I just feel like everyone is mad at me in Vermont. But then it was all good. It was all good, and I did make and friends. And no one was mad at you. Yeah, and I literally told them to listen to the pod. So. so ultimately, we're best friends, and like the point of Vermont is like when it does seem tense, just push through and just like turn on the charm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's the lesson. Okay, so speaking of charm, we should probably should get to the book. It is very Denver and Vermont have a lot of connections. And with, I've like, never been to Denver with like the outdoor. Um, the, it's the hiking the- culture. The brewery culture. It's the same thing. It's skiing, hiking, breweries. The three. Yeah. Why are we talking about Denver? Because this week we, we read, read none other, none other <laughs> than, than former co-CEO of, of Chipotle, Chipotle Mexican Grill, Monty Moran, and his memoir, Love is Free, Guac is Extra, How Vulnerable Vulnerability <laughs> and Empower Me. Do not laugh at me. Empower I, Me. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank you. No, how, you can do this. How vulnerability, <laughs> vulnerability, <laughs> vulnerability, empowerment, and curiosity built an unstoppable team. Boom. So, yeah. So, Monty Moran, as we just said in that title, the former co CEO, not the founder. No, because that's Steve Ells. Steve Ells, who and is. And we're going to talk about it. Faggot! Uh, so Monty Moran is not a faggot. He's on the, the cover of the book. He is like In the being most, like, the hottest dad he- ever, tightest like Heather Denver T with with like, like a little pocket. Blue Heather. So my, he's also crossing his arms. like. But that's is, in a way to bulge the biceps. You yes. know what I mean? And he's, it's, it's a power pose. It's a CEO power pose. It's very like... And he's freckly in this way that he goes on a 20-mile... Yeah. He goes on a 20-mile mile at 2 a.m. And then he's at the office at 6 a.m. And obviously he's going on vacation once a month to Sedona or Peru with his entire family. Yes. And he's not unplugging. And then there's another photo of him on the back in a different long-sleeved Heather (laughs) DeLaw. It's a long-sleeved Heather Ash Gray. Can we talk? He's in a room full of safety deposit boxes. (laughs) But like, again, Heathered. They're Sorry, Heather safety deposit boxes. I just boxes. burped because in honor of Monty Moran and, and our trip to Vermont, we're having and all, well in honor of IPAs. Yeah, all founders, all day IPAs. So yeah, so this is founders, and we are 
Well, we're not reading a founder's story, but we're reading someone who's adjacent to a founder. And so Monty Moran is... He's spiritually Denver. But he lives in Denver. Certainly. That's where Chipotle is based. Yeah, I mean... HQ. As we know, the Lodo moment. So, like, he was working at a law firm in Denver... Pretty high up. Like, he was he, getting I think to he, partner. Maybe he was partner. He was like making partner. He was like, and he'd really made a lot of waves with this law firm. And he was friends with Steve Ells, who was this fagotta who invented Chipotle. He goes, you know, I met Steve when I was in law school, or I think they met in their law school. And he would go over to Steve Ells' house. And Steve Ells would just have these epic dinner parties where he would choose amazing wine. You know, he was braising pork in the way that Monty didn't even know could happen. Little sauces, accoutrement. And when Monty's first talking about these like epic dinners with wine, I didn't think Steve was gay. I kind of didn't think that either. But now going back, it's like, obviously, it does sound very gay. Okay, wait. so this is that part. He goes, one day a friend told me I had to meet his friend Steve Ells, who said he was a great chef. A week later, I attended a dinner party at Steve's small Boulder apartment. So we're like 45-minute drive from Denver at okay, this point. We're in Boulder. Steve, Take, close your eyes, everyone. Steve, we're in Boulder. Get to Boulder. Okay. <laughs> Steve was busy in the kitchen, and when he finally brought dinner to the table, the result was absolutely delicious. But this is so gay that he's like... Don't come in the kitchen! Don't come in the kitchen! He's like being so persnickety and busy in the kitchen. and like, Which is very you. Which is very me, and like not entertaining his guests simultaneously. The pork was medium rare, perfectly seasoned, and plated with such care and respect that it seemed a shame to take a bite. Steve himself ate remarkably quickly. It seemed to me that the act of cooking and presenting the food were where all the magic was to Steve, and he excelled at both. And I took that as, like, random CEO shade. Like, yes, I took that. Yeah, yep. okay. I, like, yep. he who doesn't chew 32 times and doesn't savor his bite, doesn't care about his employees, and doesn't, has, takes no pride in his work, because you're just trying to get it over yeah, with. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit just, like, he who does not savor, like... What also is good, because I think straight guy cooking style, like, a straight guy who's, like, really wants to feed, like his buds, and is a really good cook, he's doing a big braise, and I think he's serving it, like, family side. Family style is the word you're looking for. Sorry, welcome (laughs) to Olive Garden, where you're here, your family. (laughs) Okay, well, I am opening up, like, a big, like, fast, casual barbecue place that serves family side. But then when he describes, so, like, then he describes how actually, like, the idea for Chipotle happened. While working the line at Stars, which is this restaurant in San Francisco, Steve often visited burrito restaurants in the Mission District, where customers selected ingredients along a service line and the staff rolled them into 13-inch tortillas, making huge, inexpensive burritos. He began to envision combining this idea with what he had learned at Stars and making his own burrito restaurant. It was like... You're inspired by learning what a burrito is? I know. I was like, faggot. Also, I was like, okay, the colonialism here. I know. Not only the colonialism, but also just like, it's like that. That's been invented. It's literally just like you got a burrito at a restaurant. You're like, what if I did this? Yeah, It's not like, like, he took uh it and then he's like. No, no, no. Hold on. Ingredients. They weren't, they weren't even saying tortilla. that he got the like assembly line idea from somewhere else, like oh, he'd studied Henry Ford or whatever. Like, right. He was literally just like, oh, he went to a restaurant where they were literally just doing that. And he was like, what if what I, if I, what if did, I this? did this? <laughs> like, okay, light bulb, I guess. Right, or not even like, oh, I went to a Mexican place and I love burritos. And then I went to like a salad place. Right. That was like bing, bing, bing. So, so he, he starts up being a property claims insurance adjuster. <laughs> so so he like he goes this I forget like UCLA or something and then he's like NLA and he's like 
was like, I had like such an amazing time. Like I could always tell when people were lying and like it really gave me like he was just like weirdly having so much fun. No, that's when people are like sick. When you're you're just like you are meant to be the CEO because you're like so excited by property by and like by insurance fraud and like people burning down their house randomly to collect the money. I mean, it's like I guess that's funny. Yeah, and- it is fun because you think about insurance law and you're like, well, that's the most boring thing. But um, then it's like, but then he was an insurance fraud, right? And then he was like a lawyer at a firm, yes. like representing insurance fraud cases. And he'll just be like, my work as a personal injury fraud lawyer <laughs> was, was so helpful when I became co CEO <laughs> of Chipotle because it helped me learn how to talk to people. And his whole, th- so his this whole book is about his philosophy of how he changed. Chipotle, right. which is basically, which is pretty epic, you know, because jokes there was aside. Like, there was like eight restaurants and then they became like one of like the biggest chains. Ever. And before what they did, before Monty really came aboard, is you would work at Chipotle and you would never have a chance of rising up if you were like on the line. Yeah. They would hire like a manager from a Taco Bell and he, or someone from like middle management they were, somewhere they, else. I feel like they were hiring very like Buttigieg managers from like McKinsey or whatever, yes. some like sub McKinsey to or, come like, in. I studied that um, 5% of sales if we choose this and onion. When he became CEO, he was very undercover boss. The whole book is very undercover boss. undercover boss. And he literally did undercover boss stuff and like went to restaurants and worked there and he was like, and I noticed we had all all of these incredible, mostly Hispanic women, like, working the line at all these restaurants who, like, took pride in their work and had no opportunity for advancement within the company. And they were just not... Like, the best they could do was, like, maybe become, like, a slightly higher, like, lineswoman. But, like, there was no opportunity for them to become, like... Manager and training then like manager, regional or like, director, or area regional director. <laughs> like, and it's always like, and I, this book is always like, so I flew to Orlando to meet with, let's call him Greg, yeah, <laughs> regional director. West Tampa training okay. facility. Well, well, the, the beginning of the book is like when he goes, he's at a Chipotle in London. Oh, this, and there's this it, like Eastern European like manager woman. He's there to award her, possibly award her to become a restaurant tour, which is like this doesn't mean what it means in the real world. It it's like some like delineation that he made in this new like corporate speak ladder of Chipotle. Where you're names. rising up from the line. And when you're a restaurateur, you make like 90K a year and you get a company car, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what the company Chipotle car is. I want to have that kind of ladder for advancement at our podcast. I know, same. I'm ready, I'm ready to get a company car, but I will put in the work. No, I know. I have to put okay. in the work and I have I'm to. I'm not just going to be some low performer, as he says. No, and, and I want my employees to be encouraged to do their best and be excited to come to work with brave new ideas. So he's at this London Chipotle, and again, it's a very undercover boss, and she doesn't know, like, he's there to promote her. Oh, no, no, he tells her, sorry, she needs to get more, my favorite word, vulnerable. Yeah. And she's like, what? This is Eastern (laughs) European. Yeah, actually, like, if you show your team your your fears. Yes, and your fear of failure. Like, it's going to make them a lot more invested. And they will bond with you because they're not going to be like, oh, you're this cold boss who I just report to. And I think that that's 100% true. Like, they become, A, invested in your success because they, like, want you to, like, succeed and they realize you actually have a real obstacle that you're not just being this, like, cold, impervious, like, master who rules by fear. And 
Also, he says, a good team, they will want you to rise. They will see it as a team. If you are truly a team, when someone gets promoted, you're not like, oh, okay, well, there you go, getting promoted. Yeah, I think that's true. If, If, you know, if you, like share your sadnesses with someone they're like they they absorb it a little bit right you know what i mean they take on that sadness a little bit and they're just like well i want you to be happy i want you to be successful because it's going to make me feel more happy and successful right because now it's like your success is tied to mine like when you start when you share the negative and also you can see that then you can rise yeah you know he said another really funny thing about leadership that Mm. i thought was interesting in the very beginning of the book he's talking about um when you're attacked you need to be water and not ice because mm-hmm. water is fluid. You need to be comfortable being criticized because they're not criticizing you. Your life, you know, your life, you, you know, they have a problem. But as long as you know who you are, then that criticism can't hurt you. If you're at the top and there's a mistake and it's yours, take the blame. But I did. Well, I was reading this last week when I had been getting a lot of flack on the Internet for a a Mm. bombshell article that was published in the Guardian newspaper. A British newspaper. And I had been getting a lot of criticism from like random Scottish moms who like work in like trauma. And I read this line. Water doesn't break. If you throw a rock in water, the rock sinks through and the water reforms just as it was. It needs nothing to protect it. Likewise, people who are truly strong make friends with the truth. They accept it and welcome it. They spend very little time defending themselves and become comfortable being challenged, questioned, or criticized. Mm. Because it's just like, what you're seeking is the truth. Now, you may not have gotten to the truth yet, but you know that your pursuit of truth is what drives you. Not your pursuit of adulation, not your pursuit of kudos and pats on the back, right? So whether or not you get the pats on the back or the criticism, you are still comfortable knowing that your journey is to truth. And that's why I moved to Denver. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I think was so genius in here where he talks about the actual thing that's going to make your employees happy. If you're encouraging their work and they're doing hard work and bonding over that hard work instead of corporate fleeces, water bottles, catered lunches. Yes and no. I will say that. New offices. Hold hold on. (laughs) I do think I was thinking at first he was being a little bit of a hard ass. I've known some people who their company moves to this big, sexier office that's so expensive and they think that's going to make everyone work better. It doesn't because you know what? Now the company's broke and now they're expecting everyone just to do so much better work because they're in this fancier high rent offices. But then actually the pressure is on and they're not being rewarded. And they're like, "Um, well, now you're in the sexy open office with one espresso machine. Like, shouldn't you be doing amazing? But then like everyone is actually bitchier and tense because they're like, we need to make the sales to justify this huge open conference. That is 100 percent true. And obviously, like spend within your means as a company. Like, yes, expanding can help to some degree, but like, you know, don't go way too big with the new office. But I will say that perks, not necessarily like Google level perks where you're just like, there's just like salmon on tap like every morning. Well, because the salmon on tap, I think, is way more evil because it's that's yes. not a perk. That's it's just making perk. you stay at work it's till making 9 you stay at work till like But I, as someone who has worked in an office before, like I remember one time I was working, we were on a project uh, that was doing many long hours and I was kind of staying late a lot of nights and at my desck like the someone with the office like one day just like put a little 
bag that had like a hundred dollar gift card to like a little like massage spa and then a beautiful plant from like a local like nursery. And I was like, that, and, and well, it was, that it's, seems it's, really well thought out and yeah. not just this order of tons of fleeces. Yes. No, it was it was personal. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't just like fleeces for everyone. You're like, cool, this company doesn't care about me. It was just like, oh, and it says something like, we notice you're putting a lot of like right. late nights in just like, you know, so you're, like you're really valued here or something. Monty would be pro that because it's like encouraging someone who already is doing hard work and being like, take a massage. We care about you. Celebrity book. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find NBook, a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, I want to talk about a phrase that is going to reverberate through my brain forever, which is Lodo. Lodo, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Lodo, because that, on my notes, so, lo- is third. <laughs> so, okay. So he talks about basically like how it was fate that Chipotle was like based near his law firm in Lodo, which is lower downtown Denver. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of year, a couple of years after heading up the litigation team in our downtown Denver office building, with the firm thriving, Corky started to look for a building to buy. In 2001, he found a beautiful historic building in the exciting lower downtown Lodo, Denver neighborhood, which, as fate would have it, happened to be right across the street from the office building that Chipotle moved into five years later. The, the, way, the way he's hate. getting chills about Lodo. Okay, and then if I Wait. make continue here to his first day full-time at Chipotle, it was sad to leave my law firm. For 10 years, I've been completely devoted to my associates, partners, and clients. But on March 5th, 2005, I became president and chief operating officer at Chipotle. <laughs> 
A tear rolled down my cheek as I steered my car right into Chipotle's underground parking structure that morning. Instead of left into my law firm's garage, I reassured myself that leaving a wonderful past was necessary to be reborn into something new and mysterious. With this sentiment in mind, I felt the elevator gently lift my feet up into the historic brick and timber building of Chipotle's <laughs> lower downtown Denver headquarters. Low, down, low, low, do, do. Not the timber. Also calling it a parking structure. No, no, so insane to have a tear roll down your cheek as you enter a parking structure. When I leave this podcast <laughs> for a different Dumbo podcast, and it's just like right across the street, and I'm like, as I wheeled my city bike and looked at the prologue offices, a tear rolled down my cheek. As I turned right and went into the Water Street entrance. <laughs> so this is actually about me getting a job at Scotch and Soda. <laughs> As I walked in, because I actually have to devote myself full time to being a regional manager <laughs> of Scotch, Scotch and, and Soda. Soda. I walked into the glass doors at Scotch and Soda. Chills. On my arms as I put on a military style blazer that and, I got 50% off. And then I start working as a regional manager at Rod and Gun, which oh. is the New Zealand based uh, menswear <laughs> store across the street from Scotch and Soda. So around the corner from our studio, <laughs> Rod and Gun. Tears obviously oh, rolling yeah. down my cheek. And as we're well. both. We both look at each other across from the glass, each with this tear rolling down our cheek, and we wave because now our new lives have begun. Okay, so he uh, is really spiritual, and I think that's beautiful. He's N- yeah, he's not, not Buddha, like, not, but like is Buddha. He's always meeting another executive at just like the most TED Talk Buddha retreat. You'll hear in the fun cold open, but before he shed a tear to the timber. He went with the German CEO of McDonald's who owned Chipotle, and they went on a beautiful men's business trip to tell you right. Yeah. <laughs> and talked late into the night. Because McDonald's like owned Chipotle at first. Yeah. And then they like it went public and they like sold their Right. It was independent in then it. Steve. But there was I straight up with this book was like, I need to work at Chipotle. So you can be on the entrepreneur, the restaurant tour track. Tour track, track, yeah, and make like 90000 and get the company car. Wait, this is the hierarchy. So you start out as crew. Then you can become kitchen manager. Then you can graduate to service manager. Those are all hourly wage. Then it goes to salary. So the first salary is apprentice where you're making 50K a year. And you're still like... Apprentice is just like a weird name, but you're still basically like yeah, working the line. Yeah, what he did is he basically just like gave new name positions, he, which also I think empower – It's yeah. branding. It empowers a worker. Then you can go to general manager where you're now you're suddenly making 63K. Then you can go to restaurateur where you're making 99K a year and you get the company car. I mean that's pretty fabu. And th- yeah. So it's just like if you're starting as a line worker, you're like, well, I have the ability to like really move up. So I am going to like put a lot of effort into these little like pork things. Okay. Can I ask you about your first experience with Chipotle? Gather around, children. Okay. 
college freshman year because there wasn't Chipotle's Mine in was the, college yes, freshman year also. Okay. Huge. Okay. So, well, I guess that makes sense because 05, Two, 2005. He's, he's just starting to work for Chipotle. Yeah. And, they, and so Chipotle's took our school ID card that you could like put money on because there was like meal plan as it's known in many communities. Well, because my college didn't have a meal plan because it was like a city campus. <laughs> you there wasn't like a meal plan it was just but you could put money to like use at like the <laughs> random so all right right now there's no meal plan on city campus okay so yeah <laughs> that's not how we work here and i tried it for the first time and i was like this is bomb and then it was the branding because i would get so jealous because my soon the 90 dollars on my student id uh ran out and i would see other students just get Chipotle burritos every day for lunch. Right. And I was like, Wait, how are y'all... How am I a- missing this club? Yeah. Well, I was like, how are y'all affording this? Like, Because I was like, I the 12 bucks? Because they're getting guac, too. They're getting guac, the sour cream, the cheese, all of a sudden. And I would be so jealous, and it seems so luxurious to just go to Chipotle and grab this huge burrito. Okay, so I also went my freshman year of college, do you remember I had a crush on this guy who was like an RA on a different floor of my dorm? Yes. And, and we he would... like liked, he was a TV writer? Yeah, he was just into TV and we would always watch TV together. Okay. Like, that was our thing. And just like my sweet mates were always calling him Yoko Ono because they're like, he's breaking up the band, dude. Because oh <laughs> I was like, me and my street roommates were always just like smoking weed Fucking out of our like, bong. Like, yeah. Elaine. <laughs> Elaine, dude. <laughs> yes, our bong was named Elaine. <laughs> and they were like, we're TV friends. And then you're like, I have another TV friend. Right. So I'd like go up to his room and watch. And then like one day he was just being just like, okay, like <laughs> we're going to Chipotle. And I was like, what's Chipotle? And he was just like, you don't know what Chipotle is? Oh, you're going to find out. <laughs> so we like stomp over to St. Mark's. Shit. And, and he's being like so dragon. He's just like, he's like, okay, like, yeah, I usually get the ball. Like, that's what I do. Like, I do ball. Like, you can do burrito or whatever you want. And there was an insane long line, which used to be the thing with Chipotle. Is yeah, there the was lines were so long. Crazy line. And no other place had lines like that. And so like that. And Monty uh, talks about that. And that created, obviously, the like, want. the demand. Because you see the line, you're like, well, everyone wants it. It's the most fabulous place in the world. Of course, I have to get in this God line. Damn. Like, goddamn loser. And so I got it, and I was just like, and I guess I was kind of excited about the speed of the of the construction. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is new to me. Like, I actually hadn't seen assembly line burritos A clean before. assembly A line A clean bur- assembly line burrito. Because they did do, I guess at Anastasia it's it was, less being like you're going to 10 different people. Yeah. It's more someone is just making it. Right. It was assembly line, and they're, like, and they're passing, and they're calling it out, and it's and it's working. Yeah. And it seemed Brown like, rice, cilantro, kidney, pinto. It was generous with the proportions, which I was excited by. It kind of it reminded me of like a fancy ski lodge. Like oh, so quality. that horned you up. Yeah, it reminded me I of mean, like the cafeteria at Whistler. Do you know what I'm talking I, about? I would like to note that it was giving to me. I was seeing it as glamorous because I was like, yes. these are huge portions and it's twelve dollars, and I, you know, I was like, poor college student can't afford that. Right. And you were seeing it because the it was glamorous ski lodge assembly. Yeah, I mean, I I think we both saw the glamour, <laughs> huge glamour. It was also another huge thing for me was. I'm a messy eater. Mm. And it was the first time I saw a bowl. And I was like... The trough. The trough. And I was like, wait, hold on. So I can like eat 
basically a burrito, but with people and not make a huge mess. Yeah, that and that's back to the generosity that I think is at the heart of Monty and this book and the business and why it's been successful is because they're just like, we know you need a bowl. We know you need this trough. And Chipotle is the type. It's kind of funny because he's like, oh, the gay guy who originated it. He ate so fast where I think of Chipotle as speed eating, speed eating. Like I get Chipotle now rarely, but I get it when I'm so starving. I'm passing a Chipotle and it's that thing where the first half of the bowl of the burrito I'm eating I'm like eating so fast that I don't even notice I'm full till I'm literally physically feeling sick, and have and I'm cramping up. I don't ever actually feel full from I think that the ingredients really? are fresh enough that I don't feel like no, I don't feel like oh, like gross. Oh, I always feel like stuffed to the gills. I guess I have a really small yeah, yeah, stomach, famously tiny stomach. <laughs> One of the tiniest stomachs in New York City. Um, I do want to talk about a little more about Steve Ells. Wait. And- Okay, I was I wanted to talk about Steve Ells, so I just pulled the passage where I think this is another very thinly veiled reference to him being an insane faggot. Um, that September, Steve told me he was leaving Chipotle in your hands. He moved from Denver, where Chipotle was headquartered, to begin a new life in New York City. Specifically... The Thru- West Village? Throughout 2006 and 2007, Steve often told me that I felt I should take over CSO. He was spending a little time. And he seemed he was very much enjoying his life in New York and the freshness of his newfound freedom. And maybe he split from a longtime partner. Right. I once had board meeting Steve's home in the West Village. He suggested that it was time for him to step down. It's just like the West Village apartment. And he's just like this millionaire CEO. Like he is so like 2007, he would have been on Manhunt. Yes. Which and and or Adam for Adam, you remember Adam. Oh, for I remember. Adam. I remember you and friend of the pod Sam Buck Rosing <laughs> logging on to manhunt.com, Adam for Adam. Which were just these like websites. Crazy Wild West personals where, you know, you just had your basically a was a MySpace page for Grinder. And it was it was creepy, it was scary, it was weird, it was random, and you really didn't know what you were going over to. I think he was picking up young trade. I think he was picking up old trade. I mean, yeah, if you're a gay guy in Denver, and this is and also- And let's just say it. Steve is a bottom. And when I looked at a picture of Steve- like, No, I know. He, it's like- He's, His face is gayer than Kojo Caro. I he's mean- giving kind of like Niles vibes. Like yeah. it's bald, little glasses, thin, Big teeth, lanky, big gay teeth, yeah. chomping into those burritos, honey. <laughs> <laughs> also, 07, we flash back to Lodo. At that point- Denver is on the freaking rise. Yeah. I think that's the beginning of true like mountain biking, more condos being built, more breweries. It becoming like Red the Rocks. House Hunters like yeah. capital of America. The street people are flying there. Yeah. Oh no, I read it in a sex diary. Okay. New York magazine. New York magazine. And it was a sex diary oh, about and Denver. that's and they called <laughs> she goes, Denver, or as I call it, Menver, because the ratio was like six to one male female jesus christ i, I think was a straight probably girl, i would be there right now yeah i think it's equal doubt but it was it's straight girls go to denver paradise okay you're wondering oh all these new york city fuck boys yeah think they can get what they want 
go to Denver, join a mountain biking no, club, I know. and it's, thank me later. It's like, okay? fuck West Elm Caleb. Like, let's yeah. talk to Lodo Liam, you know? <laughs> Lodo Liam. Um, okay, this is also really gay. So this is right before Chipotle goes public and um, Monty and Steve are flying private, meeting with bankers. They're really torn. They're going to, you know, five-star restaurants, Michelin, Michelin, Michelin. And Monty's like... During this whole time, Steve and Jack and I got along very well. Our relationship felt so close. We laughed, joked, teased each other, and had a lot of fun. Even as we worked tirelessly to represent our company excellently to the prospective investors. On other occasions, I saw flashes of conflict. One day in early 2006, while we were flying, I showed Steve a new organizational chart I had devised for our leadership team. I had worked hard on it and was excited that this new direction would be great for our company. I asked Steve if he'd take a look. He paused his work on his New York Times crossword puzzle <laughs> and said in a warm tone, sure. I find when people say sure, it's actually one of the bitchiest words in the English language. Oh, yeah. I never mean it in a nice way. <laughs> Can you do this? Sure. 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 But as Steve looked at it, his face dropped in what looked to me to be disappointment and frustration. My heart sank and I felt butterflies in my stomach. This is great work, he said, and this is CEO work. Sorry, so actually it wasn't an issue. No, no, no. He was pissed because he was like, you're undermining me. I'm the CEO. I don't know, but Steve wanted Monty to be CEO. Stephen was like... Well, Steve's words were clearly complimentary. His tone was not. He sounded immensely frustrated and even offended. This left me deeply confused. Don't you want me to do my best work, I replied, and Monty's being such a, like, brewery golden retriever? Yes, but I'm the CEO. It makes me feel useless when you are the one having these ideas. It makes me wonder why the hell I'm even working here anymore. This was so gay of him. But it's just like, you obviously need this straight guy to be a straight guy and do stuff. Yeah, he's like over there just lapping up. And he's he's making charts and he's just being so like... Betty Davis movie, 1947 right. <laughs> across. <laughs> no, he's literally being 1947 across. And it's just like, sorry, you need a straight guy. Like, everyone needs a straight guy to actually do something. Yeah. Like, we all know this faggot doesn't get anything done. First of all, this scene, the the chapter that begins when he meets the Whole Foods CEO. In 2010, John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods, asked if I'd meet him for breakfast at Boulder's Dushanbe Tea House. That killed me, this location. <laughs> and it's just like, towards the end of our breakfast, John asked if he'd be willing to give a keynote speech at the upcoming Conscious Capitalism Conference <laughs> that he was hosting in Austin, Texas. It's just like, this is his whole life. It's just like, on private. Inspirational on, tea meetups. Inspirational tea meetups and taking private planes and making organizational charts and handing them to other CEOs on the way to different tea houses in like, Boise, Sun Valley, Austin. And he's already like, so meditated and mountain biked and it's like seven a.m. and he's done like eight different crossfits and his biceps are bulging through the heather teen he's like i don't know what your schedule is looking like this spring summer but if you could come to the conscious capitalism conference i would really appreciate it okay also when he reveals his nickname is moose moose which as you know from rosa blasey her ex means big d means big d and i do think that monty moran has a nice big dad dick I think it's seven and thick. I agree. 
Maybe even eight. I mean, he the confidence he exudes in this book the entire time. He's always just like, I had so much fun as a personal injury trial lawyer. Like, yeah, you're like, I had a what? lot of fun, like, firing people who were underperformers and just, like, promoting from within. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, I you do... just enjoy everything. Yeah, wonder also, I feel like. Cause That's what it's like when you're packing. Throughout this, I was like. Are you ever seeing your family? But I'm like, you seem like such a CEO. Well, this book, that... You know, this book isn't about the family. It's not about the family. But I was like, it feels he feels very like straight CEO marriage in this way, where he's like, sex is part of health. Oh, like he's very health class about yeah, it. Yeah, sex part of health. So it's important to have sex twice a day with your partner, with your wife. I don't think they're having sex twice a day, but I do think I, they're having it I four would've... to five times a week. Yeah. Okay. True. At this point, four to five times a week. Yep. Sometimes it's at 7 a.m. and sometimes it's at 9.45 p.m. Like while they're both watching Rachel Maddow. Yeah. I will say it's rarely at 3 p.m. No, he's at a conference he's on a plane. He's at a conference on a tea house <laughs> on a plane. Celebrity Book Club. Hey, Club Kids. This Friday, guess who's in the VIP lounge? Legendary designer Mike Eckhouse of Eckhouse Lada, fashion brand and truly lifestyle. Uh, we'll be talking about all things New York Fashion Week, uh, drug, sex, alcohol, homosexuality. Pants wide, pants Milan, Paris, Tokyo, New York, London, RISD. Sao Paulo. Subscribe at patreon.com slash cbcthepod to hear the episode. Segment guac. What does she eat? What does she wear? How, How does, does she live? live? What does he eat? He, not Chipotle. Sometimes. Well, I think his this is his Chipotle order. Test kitchen. Test kitchen. This is the Chipotle order. Chicken. Definitely like the new pulled adobo chicken, whatever they're trying out. Yep. Brown rice. Buck beans. Cilantro. You don't think he's doing half? Pico. You don't think he's doing half veggies, half chicken? Oh, yes. Black beans. Black beans. Definitely black beans. And pico. But there is pico. No guac. No cheese. No. No yep. sour cream. We yep. don't even need to say. Yeah. No, I mean, he's so bison wrap. It's like he's so just like high protein. And that's why he, I think he thrives at Chipotle because you can do this half chicken, half exactly. bean bowl. No, you can be as naughty as you want. But The I, thing about Chipotle, though, is even if you're being like not naughty, it's still like a 1,200 calorie bowl. Yes, yeah, so it's this huge bowl. That's why I'm massive. saying I'm always violently full. <laughs> Another I, thing about him, though, he's that, not vegan, right? No. I mean, he's being just Prison. like yeah, black crusted salmon, like lots of juices. I mean, it's very just like brimming with health vibes. Yes, except when he is talking about going to all these like five star, like big executive dinners with Steve L. At one point, he goes, "Yeah, it was so fun, but." I was like, "Can I just have one night to be in my hotel room and eat a hot dog?" Like he is still being straight straight <laughs> and steve else has been such a faggot and just being like we're um, doing five course omakase with like yeah. jp morgan i do think... and it's much i think he's very tea like i don't yeah. really think he does coffee but i do think that when like steve else is like ordering the third bottle of wine i think monty is a little bit more like you know what i'll have like one shot of the most expensive milagro tequila. Yes, like tequila reposado that you have that's like really rare and then water yes and it's one glass of this reposado. It's like when we went to the St. Regis. When did we go to the St. Regis? Oh, 
Right, after our photo shoot for the New York, New York Times, Times. Yeah, yeah. By the way, have you got your tickets to our live show? <laughs> June 24th at Music Hall of Williamsburg. Darling, it's going to be grand. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a New York moment to remember. And People will be talking about it for ages. And you can be so reposado all night long. But yeah. like one reposado because you're this like health have executive. One, have one incredible health executive reposado. I think it is super health executive to love to kill because it's like less sugar than whiskey but you can still be so like rocks glass with it. Yeah. Is it less sugar than whiskey? And the sugar content of tequila versus whiskey is not something that I really There's something about understand. it that is just health executive though. But I agree. Having a mezcal or a reposado. Well, I feel like, well, there's also something about tequila that's very like um, slutty girl, which is always like, tequila's actually the drunkest you can get per calorie. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also like, what I love about tequila is not a downer. It actually has 15% agua vit in it. So it actually makes you stay up later. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've always said, and that's why I'm a lifelong tequila girl. Okay, and what there's is... something too like f- old school fat stockbroker about like having a bourbon, yeah. having the no, scotch. No, because it's he's like new because he's Lodo. New school. He's Lodo. new school. Okay, in addition to him being new school Lodo, he's also very heathered, as we know, and it's just like great jeans, really good rag and bones. Yeah, and uh, ra- rod and gun. He's going to rod and gun, and I think he's going into. I think he's also a little bit just like you open the closet and there's like ten of the exact same tee hanging, ten of the exact same well, pant hanging. I was also gonna say he's getting it in olive, charcoal. Mm. Light ash, slate, maroon, burgundy, cabernet. Okay. And I think he also is like maybe another executive is telling him about like an eco t shirt brand. And he's being like, that's really awesome. I'm excited What's to, your employee's con- structure? Con- to consider investing. And I will take a small plane to Sun Valley to meet the CEO, but even else? though they are headquartered in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fa- which is a fast growing city in the water district, but the it's- <laughs> water district. I feel like he is a because re- he's kind of actually he's actually more of a swimmer I think than a mountain biker. He is like highly expensive goggles, but also he defines just like mountain biking dad in he's, the tight. He does every he does everything. He does he's doing a few laps at the like five star hotel at Aspen after doing a few runs. Like he's getting, he's getting also in one a of those six bikes, miler in the morning. Those bikes that have like huge wheels. You know what I'm talking about? Those like trail bikes. Like a mountain bike? Yeah. No, but they're like, they're a special kind of mountain bike that has like even huger wheels. Okay, it's kind of a monster truck? Yeah, monster truck of bikes. I'm not sure what you're talking about. It may just be your glasses are so magnified that you think, that, <laughs> you think they're really huge. Uh, check out your local cyclist shop and you may know what I'm talking about. Okay, how does he live? Uh, it's very like woods. Timber. Timber, timber, timber. So there's a tale he tells about how like this certain type of bird was this, like, like woodpecker was like pecking away at his house, and he said he quote unquote would run out in his underwear mm. and yell at the bird, and the bird like wouldn't go away, and then his and you know he's in these like high tech performance John Macden yes. <laughs> like boxer briefs sweat release. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who are you in the book? <sighs> Am I Steve Ells? I mean, I kind of... Yeah, I, well... I'm not doing crosswords, but I am playing Property Brothers mobile game. Yeah, and I feel like if this, like, straight guy on the PJ was like, here's the corporate structure, like, you should consider... 
Okay, but I would. I don't you think I would be, would be so engage. threatened. I would be. Well, I love when people do work for me. That's true. But it also said that that was one moment and the rest of the trip, they were having so much fun. <laughs> I do feel like you might, after like years and years, what is not mentioned in this book, the rumor was that Steve Ells left because of the E. coli breakout Chipotle. Yeah, that's not mentioned at all. The fact that like they were pulling in 16 million each as co-CEOs when there was an E. coli outbreak. And he does mention the E. coli outbreak. And he's like, actually, what we did is we tested all the ingredients and tested the pathogens. And there was no pathogens, which was actually unsettling. (laughs) You're like, yeah, same. I'm absolutely unsettled. And it's kind of two pages at the end. And you're like, huh, so... All of us over here in normal land <laughs> thought, yes, Steve Ells wanted to move to the West Village, but also I feel like he was like, and I'm tapping out at Eagle yeah. Eye. <laughs> I don't really need this. Um, I don't know. It's like, yes, obviously you're partially Steve Ells, but you're not completely. I think also like you're like Lisa at the Vegas conference, like giving this like amazing speech and then Monty's like hey actually Lisa can I talk to you yeah (laughs) you really inspired me I think I'm I don't know if you remember this moment when he goes to like this law firm that he's being courted at and the head of the law firm like greets him at the elevator and is like hey I'm Ted thank you so much for coming to the Christmas party and he's like so shocked that like big dog Ted like remembered him yeah you love to greet I think I'm greeting I'm knowing names I'm making sure you feel warm at the Christmas party I know that I want you there because Lodo can seem hostile at first absolutely welcome um listen I give this book t- hmm. I give this book okay yeah, there were. I guess I was like, I get the main point of Chipotle, which is basically like higher from within. Yeah. And I felt we spent a lot of time on that. I know. The, this book was a little thin. I mean, it, it wasn't thin. It's actually like it's it's long enough. Right. But just like there wasn't really that much. Even Wait. about like other stuff about Chipotle. Like, how, yeah. like store, like interior store design, like international expansion. Like I didn't get enough of that. Right. Cause there. we're like, Oh, London store. Sure. And the best parts were like talking about like when he did become CEO and like the going public. And then like once he told one story about this one Chipotle in Florida being messy and how there was like sour cream like on top of the walk-in and he very like aggressively started cleaning it himself mm-hmm. because like the team couldn't which actually i find really antithetical to what he was saying before cuz he just decided oh these were all low performers well but was he wrong if the sour cream on top of the fridge like clearly no one is cleaning it but isn't he like you need to talk to someone and like point out what they're doing <sighs> wrong Okay, but that's like so egregious. You know what I mean? That is unforgivable. Unacceptable. God, I would love to see. Him. I feel like he would be so kitchen nightmares, like going to like literally any restaurant in New York City and just like right? <laughs> seeing all the rats, the cockroaches. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm like two because there are some points where you're like, oh, you do have good business ideas, but like, I don't know. You need no. Th- I'm giving this book one. Like, one uh, cup of salsa out of five. There's also nothing about his personal life. I know. And he talks about being 
vulnerable. And yet he and is he not, isn't. I'm like, who so, are you? Yeah, it's he has been so close up. No, I thank you. That's a really good point. Where ultimately, I think this book is a living document of hypocrisy and fakeness. And Lodo, like he tells one story about like Mrs. Merriweather telling him to stop being a class clown. And you're like, more, please? Yeah, it's like it's like it's obviously like the most like humble brag memoir thing where you're right, like, like, I would make jokes and everyone laugh, but ultimately I buckled down and got serious and became a personal injury fraud lawyer. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is I'm pro hiring from within, but this book gets 0.5 tiny guac cups on the side. Yeah. Out of five. I agree. Okay. Thanks wow. so much. Thanks so Lily, much, Stephen, for, going for joining on this business me. Journey yeah. with me. Would you mind joining me for a matcha tomorrow at 7 a.m.? I will. And would you mind joining me for martinis at the Music Hall of Williamsburg on June 24th, 24. 8 p.m. in New York City, baby? Oh, I'll see you there. It's going to be really fun. You'd be crazy to miss. Get your tickets now. Psychotic to miss. Okay. Um, and on Friday. Don't miss the VIP lounge where we're going to be talking with fashion designer Mike Gekos. Mike Gekos. Pretty fun stuff. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects, which just went public. The show is produced by Benjamin Frisch, who is one of the top performing members of this company. He rose from the bottom. He's from Norway. He actually didn't even know any English until we put him in the podcast English program. With editorial support from Leon Nafuk, Andrew Parsons, Arlene Arivello, and Madeline Kaplan. Sadly, I did have to fire them all this past week. Our production manager is Persia Verlin. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Check him out at Red Rocks this summer. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. I bought a Teddy Blanks piece um, after I became co-executive and I decided to treat myself. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CBC The Pod. Look, we got to get those numbers in. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends, employees, peers, colleagues about us and don't forget to go to patreon.com for access to the vip lounge our exclusive bonus podcast something that makes me crazy is when people say well i had this career before but it was a waste and that's where the perspective shift comes that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now this is she pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. 
and I'm very forgiving, but like don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.